because the food's good yeah. and the atmosphere is good, you, you're only as good as your menu. Yeah. You're only as good as your menu. Welcome back to A Diary of a Creator. Sorry for the short break, but we've been working on a new fantastic restaurant called Cala on King Street in Manchester. So go and check it out. This month, we were able to sit down with a very inspiring businesswoman, Nigat Awan. Her and her husband, Rafiq, launched the Sheer Calm Restaurant Group in 1987 and still going strong. It's a fantastic story, so I hope you enjoy and thanks for listening. How did you get into starting this this restaurant business and, that's, and, and that's where a long did, way down uh, the line. And, and where did it start from where, okay, where was so your youth I was born in Manchester yeah not far from here at Whittington Hospital 1955 and my parents were, came to England 1951 stroke two wow okay. and uh, my mother was very entrepreneurial as a businesswoman I wouldn't say my father was as an entrepreneur but my father was an engineer oh right so he wasn't into business, but I've actually gone down the family roots and I found out his family side are really all barristers. So you can understand it. Now I can seem to understand my family. And my mother's side, my grandmother, was selling silks, lavish silks, in 1930s. Okay. So nice. obviously that's where it comes from. Your mother's the business <coughs> side, your father's the more articulate, you know, yeah. in different ways. Yeah. Um, so... Um, so you see the both sides that come together. So the genes are in the family, aren't they? In, yeah. in each each child, you know, yeah. each um, of their children. Um, so I was I was obviously um, my, my mother started a factory called Nick Ideal and Son. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very weird, doesn't it today? But I do remember at three. Um, I do remember we'd gone to Blackburn from we'd come into Manchester, I think, but we went to Blackburn. And Uncle Gil, my my mum's parents' friends, they were also there. So and my my mother's brother was there as well. So it's quite a few people together. Yeah. And uh, my mother decided to start this factory. Now you've got to bear in mind, England was the land of opportunity. We're not far after the war. We're building England back up. Everybody wanted everybody in to work and to help build up what it is today. That's and what more. I was going to say. What what did Manchester look like? So for me, Manchester it was quite it was quite grey from yeah. memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was home. Yeah. So I would not and I, I know but Blackburn was very, very grey, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, very hilly and very grey. Um but my mother um had 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 an accident at the at the factory and she had long hair and had, had gone on a Sunday and caught her hair in the machine. Oh no. Uh, so from that day I think my father decided enough's enough. And we came back to Manchester, and he was in um, w- working somewhere, technical engineering somewhere. I don't know where. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So while he was doing that, my mother decided to start with properties. So they started with one property on Edgerton Road. Yeah. In Fallowfield. Yeah. yeah. And started building up properties. Yeah. Now, by the age I'm six, God, now I don't know the middle bit <laughs> how they managed to do it. I have no idea. Normally, get a mortgage. It takes this long and that. Da 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 da. But my parents built up 18 houses wow. on Edgerton Road itself. Wow. By to let. We'd call them today by to let. Yeah. But they let them. They were, they, I think they did them in apartments, I think, or, or rooms, um, so that for, um, you know, for students. Yeah. I think. Yeah. From, from what I remember my parents telling me. 
But then when my parent, my, when I was six years old, I was six, Naveed, my brother, was two years older than me, he was eight, and Tara was 12. They decided, that's it, we're going to Pakistan. And we're going to, we're going to go by car. It's <laughs> okay. Pakistan. Um, now I think back, and uh, you'd never dream of doing it today, would you? <clears throat> no. Um, so they, I remember we were lived in Booth Avenue, 17 Booth Avenue, and I remember as leave, and I remember Charlotte across the road, who now whose brother is actually Pervase's best friend, oh, Marcus. Right. Oh yes, yes Marcus. Marcus yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, she wanted, she missed her mother that much. She said, "No, I want to go back okay. to my family." Okay. So, but we we're going to drive. So my father drove a car, and have you ever heard of a woman driving a car in 1963 across the world? <laughs> well, my mother did. <laughs> and um, we went from here, and the idea was we were going to do camping. But my mother ended up putting the damn tent up, so obviously the first night they all managed it. The, you know, uncles, aunties, whatever, father, no, not my father. Second night, third night, mother said we're going to hotels. So after that, <laughs> The tents went in the bin, and then we, we hoteled, or I think caravan stuff yeah. like that, all the way. But we went through yeah. Switzerland, France, Germany, Switzerland, you oh, know, the Black Sea, yeah. world tour, right? Right through Tehran, Tehran, where you wouldn't dream of going today, yeah. you know, right through t- touching Afghanistan and then into Pakistan. So I think they did it over, a, I don't know the period of time, it felt like three months at the time, but I think it probably more like a month or six yeah. weeks. I think they did yeah. it over, yeah. What did I get from Pakistan? Well, they took... They had a lot of money, by the grace of God, and they decided to settle in Karachi. And I saw my grandmother the first time in Lahore, and I even remember the shalwar kameez that she made me wear, that little girl <laughs> had made for me. And, my, and I know I wear a lot of white, and I know where I get it from now, but my grandmother always wore white, and she yeah. had white hair. Yeah. So I always remember very certain things that you remember. But we settled in Karachi... And we were in the Black Harwood, a similar area to this, yeah. Karachi. Yeah. And what I learned about Pakistan from being in Pakistan when I was a very young girl was that, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Because it was sunny. We lived in, we'd had a beautiful house. and They built the house. We had three trawlers. So we would go out, we'd go at the weekend with the trawlers, you know, yeah. fishing. And they'd be picking the fish and the prawns, and and then you learnt about the beaches in Pakistan that they were unlike Dubai. Yeah, you know, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, there's French Beach and all this <laughs> and all that. Hot speed. Um, so that, so, must, so that must that that was your first experience. Oh my Pakistan, god, it's amazing! I went to Saint Joseph Christian. Yeah. It's a Christian school. It was a nuns. Um, there were Hindu, a lot of Hindu friends. So there's yeah. Hindu people. There's Muslims, and there was. Uh, Christians, so I mean, it was very, very. There was no, I can't remember any battling or arguments. Sure. I remember Ayub Khan being the prime minister then, and he was a very elite looking man. And I remember my parents going to arts, um, you know, like uh, to galleries, art galleries, and Wahid Murad was famous, and Zeb, and we'd go to the movies, which was a big thing. Yeah. I remember driving, you'd go and park your car, and you know, it's a big, massive screen, and you had the food come to your car. These things are yeah. very lovely memories. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, but then one by one, each trawler vanished yeah. because it's being smuggled. Yeah, yeah, by smugglers across the channel, and um, so one by one, we we sort of losing started losing money. So it only lasted three and a half years. Yeah. So yeah. after three years, my father, we left one house here, 
uh, on Rippingham Road, 59 Rippingham Road, for a rainy day. Yeah. And believe you me, in Manchester, there are lots of rainy days. Um, and I think it was a rainy day when we came back. Uh, but um, the, what, how I admire my parents was that you can go to such a high level of life yeah. and live in that world, which is the best thing for me. I learned about my language. I learned how to write. I learned how to read. Yeah. I learned uh, about our culture. And... I really enjoy that. So nobody can convince me that it's anything than it is because I know what it yeah, was. Exactly. So we came back and my father came back, then we came back to Bring Road and my mother started sewing pyjamas. Okay. Okay. And uh, it didn't matter, did it? So you could, that's how we're so strong. Just got on with it. Because you just get on with yeah. what you have to do. Yeah. It's very hard to explain that to our kids now, but that is what it was. Yeah. We were up, down, up, down, up, down. And built ourselves back up from Rippingham Road to Wilburn Road by 1969. Came back in 60, I think, three stroke four, I'm not sure. Okay. And then by 69, we're in, in Wilburn Road. And by 71, we were here on Hale Road. Yeah. So it was a very quick turnaround. Yeah. And I got married at 20. Okay. But I was studying um, uh, to be a doctor of which I did not want to be one. I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. And I wanted to work on the front, on the bar. And so it pa- was unheard of, you didn't do that. No, you've got to be a doctor. <laughs> parents, and parents wanted you to be a doctor? Yeah, that was the problem. And they... Just didn't accept, because I was good at, uh, you know, um, English, um, uh, religious studies, uh, I think, not, English, religious, and history, the three things. So those A-levels I wanted to take, and in those days, you'd have to take certain A-levels to follow a certain path. Now you can take any A-level, and you can jump into anything. It's very different now. Yeah. So uh, we had factories by then, our first factory. We had wholesale business by then. And um, I said to my mother after the first year, I I really want to do law. That's really what I want to do. And uh, she said, oh, that's it. It was, it was uh, holidays at that time. She said, you can go work in the factory in Macclesfield. Go and do that. And, 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 and if you don't go back to do medicine, you can carry on working there. Yeah. And it's like, you know, parents, Asian parents, yeah, what they're yeah. like. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I went. But I had to learn everything from overlocking. I had to learn machinery. I had to learn about the cutter. Yeah. Ordering. Um, I had to go out and do deliveries. Um, because it was land of opportunity, yeah. we were very, everybody was very. Everybody was busy then. Yeah. Nobody was not busy. And were you enjoying it in the factory? Yeah, I did actually. It yeah. was very. Yeah, I love hard work, so it didn't bother me yeah. at all. You know, yeah. uh, put me up for a challenge any day, and I'll yeah. prove you wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, at the end of the holidays, I thought, no, I'm not going back. If if, you're, if I can't go back and change my subjects, I'm not going back. This day and age, your parents would allow you to. Yeah. That day. And they yeah. Didn't. Um, but, you know, so I, I made it very successful in the sense that we did negligees and knickers. Very boring, I know. <coughs> but because I watched the machinery of what we had, I could I learned that with the binding, which were Y-fronts, for Y-fronts, that was T-shirt edging. Are you with me? Okay, yes. So yeah, I said, why yeah. can't we start T-shirts? And I've done a bit of my own, um, you know, uh, search, uh, information searching. Are you with me? As you might have and I found that base it, 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 uh, transfers were coming in. Okay. So I, I, I sort of put my whole project in front of them and said, why can't you know we try this? Yeah. Um, lease this machine and give it a six-month go yeah. and do printing. Yeah. 
and that will service the warehouse really well. Um, and you, you're in your own thing then. You're not in big competitors. You know, you're not with the, with them at all. And um, because a lot of manufacturing took place in England then. Yes, You've got to bear right. in mind, China yeah. was nowhere near us at of the time. Of course not, yeah. And before you knew it, um, we were, it was a big hit. Yeah. Basis your rollers were there, yeah. and bang, and you would know about basis your rollers. No. Very, very big. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Probably yeah. like take that, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. And it was, you know, that really turned the. But so you, meanwhile, so, so you're making, me. so you're making Bay City Roller print screen printed T-shirts. t-shirts yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you manufacture the T-shirt there, and yeah. then you print it there, yeah. and then it goes out. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Rafiq had um, stopped me on the road during this period right in front of my parents home and he's young free single yes good looking with lad. his friend very <laughs> handsome whatever but i wasn't into all that okay and um he'd stopped me to say you're going to be my wife and i said over my dead body excuse me go get lost you know but anyway to cut a long story short which i'm not going to bore you with all the three different engagements and the fat and the broken nose and all that I got we got married on, on my 20th birthday fantastic but then Rafiq bought my first boutique in Macclesfield so I got my first boutique okay um, and ladies clothes it was ladies yeah. so I I was sort of very much into high fashion but we also did the other middle of the range fashion because we manufactured didn't we yeah and Rafiq was a manufacturer as well so we did it like half and half yeah. so you had the young teeny boppers coming in and the um, mothers coming in yeah and that's how I learned about white labelling, to be honest with you, because I managed to do shoes and uh, suits and different things, and it all become under Jetem, my okay. brand. Okay. I learned about fashion shows, and that's how I know how to do comparing, because yeah. I couldn't afford to compare. Yeah. So we did uh, our own fashion shows, yeah. which have come in very handy till today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and our girls were so pretty, we'd use them as models. Pervez and Rajan and all these people were my models, and yeah. gosh. Uh, not Sh- Carter, Shammy and yeah. all, all these boys were my models and we'd do it three times a year and we'd do it for charity yeah. so that's where my charity work comes in because I've always actually done things for charity Yeah. now course. £5 pound a ticket then in it's, 1975 uh, was quite a hefty amount yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say about it'd be £35, £40 pound a day yeah. ahead yeah. and that was just for a supper Definitely. okay yeah and uh, so it was so popular, we had to do three a, day, three a year. So I built it up from there. We had, I had Tiki in the first year, yeah. before I was 21. And then I had Kiri two years, half years later. But I'd built from Jatem, I'd built from Jatem, then I built um, um, Runcorn, and then I moved to Chester. So we had a chain. Okay. Of, of shops, which is no good because at the end of the day you're running around like an idiot. Yeah. And you made a lot of money just having Maxfield, but by the time you did three, you're losing the money because it's it's filtering Trying across, spread, spreading yourself, spreading too yourself. Thin, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know you don't know these things. The chain started to come by then. This is down 1980s. Okay. I've been in it 14 years. Yeah. Um, kids are growing up in Maxfield in school, whatever, and uh, Rafiq comes home. What he's got a warehouse in Manchester. Comes home one day, he said, and we'd bought this parade of shops, of 20 shops. He said, darling, I've decided I'm just going to start, I'm going to do a restaurant in Rush Home. And I thought he'd really lost his marbles. I really, <laughs> and that's being totally honest with Raj, because I'm thinking, he doesn't allow me to go to Rush Home. You know, so, you, don't, so, you don't go to Rush Home. So, you don't so, go to Rush Home. So, so what, just describe to us what Rush Home looks like in the 80s. Rush because... Home was Ravi Food Store. Yeah. Was at one end of the corner. Sunham. Yes. Was there. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Shazan, okay. a restaurant, yes. that's the only yeah, restaurant which yeah. was there. Um, and then there was and what was the rest? Were they were they shops? Were they homes? Were they no? There were shops. They were, the, okay. they were shops, but you had homes in as the middle well. of them as well because you know it became commercial over a period of time. Yeah, yeah. There was is it Indian Cottage? I think. Oh yes, at the. I don't know if that came the, later on. Actually, when I think about it, but I think it came a bit later. Do you remember going to Indian Cottage up the stairs? Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought he'd gone bananas like you do. Um, but he hadn't. He knew his market. And he knew he'd been studying what they do and this, that and the other and everything. And I'm going to be honest with you, Roger, I had no idea. I was in my world of fashion. I had a new outfit every Friday. <laughs> I was very happy in the world I was in. But yeah. the chains were coming in. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. Um, so he moved. And we'd built a house in Macclesfield. Our first house we built at 23. Wow. So we, our first house was in Ellswater. But the second house, when I was 23... We bought the plot in Macclesfield and we built... And it was called South Fork. Everybody named it South Fork from Dallas. Oh, right. Wow. So, okay. yeah. And it was a glass bowl. They called it the glass bowl. Yeah. Um, we lived there 14 years. Um, and we then decided that, you know, um, because we've got, we've got the restaurant, Rafiq decided to buy me another restaurant as a birthday present, which I didn't appreciate the following year <laughs> and believe me on my hand on my heart I was so upset that night because he, I was going for this surprise and I was all dressed up and he said darling this is yours and I'm not a night person <laughs> and I'm thinking what's he doing to me <laughs> you know he wants a restaurant why do I want a restaurant I was very happy in my fashion world world of fashion so you've but arrived you... in Rush Home, it's your birthday, yeah. and Uncle Rafiq's turned around. No, no, he took me to Altering. He's he gone said, to no, Altering. he took okay. me to, because he'd bought the building. This is after, yeah. This okay. is a year, just okay. so within a year he'd bought this building in, in Altrincham. Okay. Um, on the Downs. Yeah, not on the Downs, on the uh, marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And, it, I mean, I made it into something amazing, because that's what I love doing. Yeah. Because I use my experience of my fashion and took it into there and did music nights and this, that and the other, which I had to go back and do again. Yeah. Um, but I made it, but I, I, I wasn't a lover of going out at night. Sure. But, you know, when you have to earn money... That's what you have to do, yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. And then yeah. Rafiq opened another one, and then another one in Liverpool, and it went too fast then. It was yeah. just too, too quick. Yeah. So so, so just going back to, mm-hmm. to Shere Khan, Rushome, how, how did you launch Shere Khan, Rushome, your first restaurant because launching a restaurant today is extremely different. Very different. Well, so. people saw that uh, Rafiq was there all the time and they saw something new going on and we brought in a new look of restaurants. So we bought, I would say, the equivalent to Est Est Est. Okay. So we brought yeah. in a new, uh, because we, he didn't like the labelling of beer and a curry or curry and a beer and all that stuff. He it's said, no, crass. it's more like yeah, yeah. curry and a wine. He would, yeah. It's not... You know, you've got to go up a bit, you yes, know, to scale yeah, a bit. Yeah, of course. Um, or champagne and curry, like caviar yeah. and curry, I suppose, or caviar and wine, uh, whatever, yeah. champagne. And I think he... We worked together on the decor and everything, um, but I think that's what we brought to Rush Home. And so Rush Home overnight became upper class. Not upper class, but the net class up. Had a bit of glamour with, yeah, with yeah, the sheer car, didn't it? So, you know, we had car park behind and, you know, and 
And so how did we get busy? We did no advertising. Yeah. We literally opened the doors on my birthday. Yeah. Um, and it was a Nan's 18th. No, so we did wow. a Nan's 18th okay. birthday there. And the queues were down. Because like that, people like that in the window. <laughs> so the queues were down the road. Okay. So the queues were very, very long. But he got a very good manager, um, Sheikh Saab. From down the road somewhere, he always wore a white suit. I don't know if when you were little, if you ever saw that. Yes, I remember. You remember? Yeah. 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 And he was amazing, and all he did was meet and greet. Yeah. That's all he did. Yeah. And we we couldn't. You. I remember working when I was pregnant because I was pregnant with Perry. So I remember working there after Jatem. I'd go from work to there, oh, drop wow. the kids off in father's house, carry on, and then when I got up to look for food, they were cleaning. It was always one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And then we drive back to Macclesfield. Oh, wow. Okay. So when you think about it, it's hard work. Yeah, it's a long day. You know, if I tell Perry that today, they think, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> but he actually doesn't understand that actually how hard it was. Yeah. And then uh, we then obviously put our house up for sale in Macclesfield. And then we built a house, Rossville, around the corner here. Uh, and then in 1989, we moved to Rossville, uh, which was just around the corner, which made it easy for me to go to... I made my offices here then in, in, in Altrium. Okay. And um And and why what how how did the Altrium Shere Khan come about? It was purely a birthday present or Because what? he wanted to go into that business. He was Rafiq was It's quite, all about Rafiq, he's got nothing to do with me. It's all about him. Um and he wanted to get me out of that world and put me into knew that I'm, I'm a worker. From the retail into the restaurant yeah, business. Which is I'll be honest with you, I'm not that type of character but yeah. there you go yeah. you have to do these things yeah. um, and my kids were young and um, but you know you got on with it Yeah. but unfortunately I got cancer then and then things sort of fell about a bit but it didn't stop us Yeah. you know my illness has never yeah. stopped us from, from any things everything carried on growing yes of course um, and then you know how I ended up from there from there, I ended up in floristry. Okay. I that. I've got to think now. What year was it? 1992. Okay. Okay. So I couldn't have been that happy in Altrincham. Yeah. But I was still running it because I got it running then and we had good managers and yeah. so you got it on its feet. I'd been ill in between. I'd had cancer and I'm paralysed. Yeah. And from the, from, the, uh, from the bed, I created this new range of baskets. I was very much into designing and stuff like that, you know, and... Um, I think it's luck more than anything else, yeah, Raj. Yeah. Because uh, and it's what you know. It's not. It's, it's who you know, not what you know. Sometimes I created the product. I was lying in hospital, very ill. Yeah. Told me I'm going to die, and I thought, well, I might as well make the most of it while I'm alive. And a friend of mine came, who's from Interflora, and I said, Dan, I'm thinking of doing this basket. Do you want to have a look? He says, Funny enough, you're telling me this. Um, we have a big shortage of baskets because there's a bit, six percent. Uh, charge levy charge on from China now, and my brother-in-law actually bought um, my, my husband bought the factory through my brother-in-law who was working in Dhaka at the time. Wow! In in Bangladesh. Wow! And these people were working with Interflora America, and they dumped them basically. So they had four containers of stock, and were starving. So I said, look, Dan, I get these samples that's, that's over. Can these you, guys can you? And I'm in hospital. Yeah. I was in hospital for four months. Yeah. And um, she, the samples came over and they were passed by into Laura. Fantastic. And before you knew it, I'm 
I'm out of hospital by now, but these containers are coming along. Yeah, that's good. And Suki yeah. International was born. Good, yeah. And then obviously, because I had the, the, the experience of Chatham, which was all fashion, I created the same experience in floristry and put it into a range. By now, Interflora got very nervous, very worried, and then they started badgering me to... To, to, to do, to, yeah. They wanted to see me. Yeah. They wanted to buy me. They wanted to buy Suki. They want... I said, no, 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 yeah. no. But my lung blew up in 1996. And I had 1,800 customers at that time. Wow. I did what you guys do today. Yeah. I was doing... So I was taking an order. Yeah. And four hours later, the order was dispatched from, from, from Atlantic Street. Yeah. I was turning it that quick, the yeah. orders round. Yeah. Um, but Interflora were very nervous about it. Yeah. But I didn't realise, I was very naive, I didn't realise at that time. I thought, oh, great, they, they love my products. They yeah. love, because they weren't fashionable and we brought fashion in. So we changed the whole face of... Yeah. I brought French woman, Madame Gabot, she'd go and teach florists how to do floristry and change the whole... Make it yeah. into fashion, you know. Yeah. Made it fun. Made it fun. Yeah. And uh, had dolly birds always next to, in, at my shows next to Interflora. <laughs> So they'd be falling asleep and my dolly birds were there, you know, doing their bit. <laughs> so that's how it works. Yeah. You know, they look, it, it was really good. And how, how was, actually, being a woman in business mm. is, is still tough today. Yeah. How, how was that in the 80s and, and what challenges? Because the, the hospitality and the restaurant business is, is a male orientated. There's very few women in that business, so... How was that working well, in that world? Well, first of all, you've got to bear in mind that I'm on the back of Rafiq with Sheikh Khan. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of piggybacked into it. But once I'm into it, yeah. I take over. It's yes. my character. Yeah. And um, I never, ever felt being a woman any different than a man. I never thought I'm a woman or I'm a man. Yeah. I thought, God, I don't want to be here at night, but I am. <laughs> Um, but I never, ever, honest to God, I'd be truthful about this, I never had any um, difficult times yeah. with men. Yeah. The buying was not done by me anyway. The buying yeah. was done by the like the chefs and whatever and whatever, overlooked by Rafiq and yeah. whatever. They did all that side. He had his own team. Yeah. And I did the running of it, you know. Um, and if anything, I think it benefited. Yeah, you good. Know? And, and I, we had a lot of good clientele. Yeah. A no, lot of good clientele. Good. That's good. And, and, and so you... I don't think in the 80s it made, personally, because I'm asked this question quite often. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that division now has become more than anything else. It depends which world you're in. Yeah. I was in my world. Are you with yeah. me? So I'm in charge of my world. So who's going to challenge me except somebody on the same level? Yeah. He's going to challenge me in my world. Yeah. So thank God I didn't have that. Yeah. And even in my floristry world, I went into when I went when into Flora bought me, and I sat on their board of fifteen very very boring men. <laughs> very boring. Yeah. Yeah. Falling asleep boring on a two day board meeting. Yeah. Um, I changed that pretty quick. Yeah. Um, having a woman and having a voice, I think, uh, sort of made them embarrassed. Because they were, they just, you know how you chun her along, chun her along, chun her along. Sometimes you need a wake up call and somebody new coming in or need something. to shake it Yeah, up. a woman yeah. coming in yeah. is a bit different. Um, because they like follow the book. It's like logarithms, isn't it? 
we did logarithms, we did pie chart. It's very much like that calculating. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'd give an example of, of, of Interflora. Uh, we'd sit for a two-day board meeting and what we're doing the first two days and this is the plan and this is da-da-da. What was the last one, last point? Accounts. Well, we've got no money. I said, haven't we wasted two days? Because all this that we're planning, we can't do anything because there's no you've money. Got no money. <laughs> you know, um, I would find it challenging. Maybe behind my back, there was yeah, there was things going on. Definitely. Um, yeah, in I any, would say behind my back. I guess in any business, you can get that feeling yeah. that it, you're yeah. behind your back. That um, plus I'm Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't bother, never faze me being Asian. I never thought, I always thought I was the English one with the tan. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have to go and sunbathe. It's yeah. as simple as that. I yeah. never thought more than that. That's my thinking. Yeah. I think a lot of it with women is they have to think themselves, they shouldn't think down of themselves. They should think they're just, I'm not into all this equality thing, by the way. So you know, don't ask me a question on that. Because I do believe a woman has babies. Yeah. And God has given us this reason because we're a woman and yeah. we can cope with a lot and we have a lot more patience. We're more multitask. A man is a man with muscles who goes out and does the job. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. But it's a bonus if the woman wants to. Are yes. you with me? Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm a bit old-fashioned like that. No, you know, I I'm a little that. bit old-fashioned yeah. in the sense that I'm not going to sit at home doing all the masalas and doing all that. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but... Um, do I keep my husband above me? Yes, I do. Yeah. You have to respect yeah. your husband, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's easier, Raj. <laughs> That's good. Okay. And and then you ex, you expand the Shere Khan into yes, we did. sources. You that came to, later on. So after, I, to... after I'd sold, um, in, after Interflora bought me, I had okay. to work with them for three years. Okay. That's, that's when the old yeah. board meeting came in. And um, a lot of travelling. Um, and how how did the sources come about? Was it was it did someone come to you and no, could, or this is what was this no. an idea after after doing uh, after selling uh, Interflora and then doing my three year stunt with them, I was just on the verge of doing Trafford Centre, the big one. Yes, yeah, ninety nine, and I got involved and I did all that designing and I went to Pakistan. I got all the artwork done. Yeah, I designed that all myself. I yeah. made my own little museum. I did all that stuff myself. I yeah. did it all. Yeah, but then I'm like. Now what? You know what I mean? (laughs) Because Teak is involved in business now, so it makes it more difficult when family members are involved. Um, And then I said to Rafiq, and I used to hear about, just come off the airport, just come off the flight, need a curry, need a curry. Just come off the flight, need a curry. They weren't finding curries abroad. They were coming from Europe and they were coming for a curry straight and then they'd go home. So curry is addictive. Yeah. In the sense that all the goodness in it, your body demands. Yeah. So it's good for you. Yeah. And so I said to Rafiq, why can't I put these in jars? Why can't I? Yeah. And he said, uh, well, even if I say no, you're going to go and do it anyway. <laughs> so, but as long as they're the same, they're not pasteurised, like, yeah. I can't take any, make any, you know, um, yeah. other people's uh, names, um, you know, explore it. So I thought, well, I'll start at Manchester University. And that's what I did. And I worked at Manchester University six months. And we worked with them uh, at the Toast Rack. Okay. And we, we actually, you know, uh, what was his name? Geoffrey Archer. Geoffrey Archer. 
and we actually managed to get the sauce in the jar for two year shelf life. Wow. Sterilised. Wow. And then I said, now what do I do? <laughs> they said, actually, we've got a contact that you might be interested in, but they're 110 years old, but let's see if they're interested okay. because they have the sterilizers. So I met John through them, John Rayner. And before you knew it, they said, we'll do it and we'll just... I didn't have to put a penny in. Okay. Wow. I did all the designing. Fantastic. I took the, pa- the pictures. I just did the artwork and I took the artwork to Sainsbury's and I took the chef, Barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I said, I, I want you to do the tasting in front of us, not me sitting in a room like they normally do it. I said, and I want, I'll, I'll benchmark against anybody that you want. We'll go against anybody. You pick any sauce you want. And they picked Pataks up. So when they did Tikka Masala, it wasn't, didn't touch it when we picked up and um, Pataks, Una, didn't and, touch and it. And Pataks is a, a long-standing Yeah, because it's pasteurised. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the difference was within half an hour I've got the deal every night but then I've, got, I've not bought, bought the jars yet yeah. and I've not done the label now what do I do <laughs> giving me the order yeah. and what, we'll start with six okay. and I'm like oh I won't say anything else. oh my god we have to um, do something about this yeah and uh, so before and that's we, a nice position to be yeah in. it was amazing <laughs> um, and the jars were all different coloured lids and they were from France yeah oh my god what we're going to do anyway we did it and we delivered so we started in 50 Sainsbury's and then the hard work was Tesco. So, uh, but we had to be, no, I started in Selfridges to start with. At the very beginning, before I'd gone to Sainsbury's, I'd done a three-month stunt in, uh, in Tesco, in um, Selfridges, okay. just to see what people thought the taste. Yeah. And everybody loved the taste. So that yeah. was my ta- tasting patch. That was your research, I guess, my wasn't research. it? Yeah. And then, uh, so I could believe in everything <clears> that you see. Yeah. And then before you knew it, uh, we had to give a six-month go-ahead to Sainsbury's, so we let that happen. And then I started then on the road myself to go to Tesco's and see each manager. So I was under the regional patch. Are you with me? Yeah. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to see every regional one myself Yeah. with the sources. And uh, with the carrots that I am, I'm quite, yeah. you know, can get through there and whatever I manage. Yeah. And we got into 36 from that. And because we got into 36 stores of Tesco, um, started talking in the head office, didn't they, about it all? Yeah. I said, before you knew it, I was in... At that time, they had 380 stores. So we managed to get in 380, but they were doing one a week, two a week, three a week, four a week. So by the time I left Tesco, I think we must have been in 600 of them. Wow. I was in Tesco, Sainsbury's, wow. Morrison's. Fantastic. Safeway. Yeah. Uh, Asda hated it. Asda just were a mess, mess boss. Um, but then I was in also eleven countries. Wow, fantastic! I was growing rapidly, rapid. Then and I had a heart attack. Yeah. Well, so two thousand three. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so you were expanding the restaurants. You've you've uh, done sources. Restaurants expanding with Rafik on the yeah, side. you've done sources. Yeah. yeah. And then I was working on the sources mainly. And then unfortunately, you've you've then had a heart, heart attack. attack. And then, not just that, a very big manufacturer approached us, Green Core. Uh, there was some problem with Simpsons of some one product, which were really finding difficult. And then Green Core approached me, and they were the, they're the biggest manufacturers in England. And they said, Nick, we want to do your product. Little did I know, they didn't just want to do my product, they wanted to cheapen it, they wanted to cheat. 
They wanted to copy all the labels because they did all white labeling for Tesco, for Sainsbury's, for uh, okay. and then yeah. put different colors and same jars. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to completely finish me off yeah. completely. Yeah. Uh, and nobody's come in between since then anyway. Yeah. Um, but because I had that heart attack, that because I'd been so ill, yeah. I think the heart attack threw me out completely. Yeah. And then feet's going on. Why are you doing this? But the thing is, I'd got a war to America. Yes. I was in Cos Plus. I was in. Yeah. Just about to sign for Publix. Yeah. You know, I was in some big super... I mean, I would have been... Yeah. I wouldn't even like to say how much... What I'd be worth yeah. now. Because yeah. I was probably the pioneer of it. Of course. But yeah. at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Because... Your, he- your health comes first. Not just it? that. Maybe I had to go down the route of my family. My son, he had twins that were, you yeah. know... Yeah. yeah. Born very early. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons for lots of things that yeah. happen in life. Yeah. You know, and... Maybe that's what my path was. Yeah, and I don't absolutely. don't have any regrets. Yeah. Uh, with my path. Yeah. At all. No, I Meanwhile, I built this house as well. Bought well, the big house. Yeah, built another house on a hilltop. <laughs> sold that house. Built. So I've never stopped. So, I'm building, sorry, we, we we should have start. We usually start with that. Explain to us where we're sitting and and where we are because it's it's a beautiful property where we are. So. Um, you're sitting in a house that I built nearly 15 years ago now wow um and it all started if you see the hallway i wanted it like the white house <laughs> so it's oval the, yes. the hallway yeah. and everything worked from there and i wanted it to be central that you can be in the middle of the house and see the back the front right and left yeah. which you can yeah and then i worked from there and everything else everything we've designed everything yeah, it's here. beautiful it's very nice mm. it's very nice so what was or what is the secret to Shere Khan's success or your success? No, it's not my success. I'd say Shere Khan is definitely a lot to do with Rafiq and Tiki, and it's a family thing, really, more than anything else. Um, I would honestly truly say it's a family business. Um, but I think we came out at the right time, we've, we've downsized at the right time. It's 33 years old, um, food is still the best. I will honestly say, even if I've just come back from Pakistan, I wouldn't even eat curry there. I can't wait till I get to work here. Uh, I had my chicken roasting. And um, our kebabs are probably the best um, till today. But I was in Express yesterday. I had to do some work there and I was trying my thicker masala because I'm always down doing my trial and it's still the best. Yeah. So I'm going to say it is the best. And yeah. there's no two ways about it. Good. I'll hold up to that. Good. Basically, we could have gone, you know entrepreneurial in the sense of food and make it all foodie foodie and articulate but good food is good food when you feel like fish and chips you're not going to put a twig on it are you and make it all fancy (laughs) you're not are you 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 want to go for it you want to have it in the bag yeah exactly so I feel that Shere Khan food should still have that authenticity good and I'm I'm not in charge of that I would say Rafiq and the team are in charge of that and I was I'd moan about if it's not right, but it's yeah. amazing the food. Still, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Good. And what's your thoughts on the dining scene now in Manchester? Because a lot's changed in Manchester since the eighties, and 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 you, you can see the dining scene yeah. now is, is rapidly different. evolving in Manchester. So, what's your thoughts on it? Because um, you've you've seen it. I think a lot of money's come to Manchester. I think that's a starting point. Yeah. So the ethos is that you go and dine out in Manchester. Because you dine out, dine out. There's becoming competition. Yeah. That makes the people in London alert, thinking, "Hold on a minute, there's money in Manchester." So they're bringing their brands into Manchester now. 
prices in Manchester and London are the same. Yeah. And some of the prices in Manchester and Dubai are the same. And Dubai is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, but to me, I'm not a good advisor on food. My son is. Perry yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, my daughter probably is. Um, Rafiq definitely is in Desi food. Yeah. Um, but in the sense of food, I like my kebab at Shirkami with yeah. me. And my salad. Or my dal chavel. Or my yeah. krahai lamb. I'm a very... Or buyers. I'm yeah. very uh, authentic eater yeah. in that way. Yeah. Or English food, a, a good old cheese pie, yeah. or you know, um, a fish and chips. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. I, I'm too in in both sides. I, I'm not into all this fancy sit on the you know, and it's all fancy with a salad here and there and everywhere. And I, I'm not. Yeah. Maybe I'm just old fashioned. And when yeah. my kids look at me and they're like, "She's crazy, Mummy's crazy," but maybe I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. Um, okay. And there's, I'm sure you've seen in the press, lots of high-profile closures, restaurants yeah, nationally, yeah. Man, especially in Manchester yeah. as well. Mm. What, what do you put that down to in the restaurant business? Or? Number one, I think there's too many of them. Yeah. Number two, they're much and much of the same. Yeah. It's not about eating in a restaurant because the food is good there. It's you're being seen there yeah where do you go you're seen there because it's i'm not going to name any names but you're seen there because of this yeah. and you're seen there because of that and that's the ethos of the the way of the young generation your generation yeah. is um and you can't keep it up yeah. you know and then you you say the living rooms living ventures they roll out restaurants and i know from ss to yeah. uh to gusto's to all of the, their brands that they've rolled out yeah, they're all much of much of the same. Yes. So they're open Similar five. They're open around. five. Five different names, slightly different menus. Yeah. But they're all the same. Yeah. At the end of the day, the piccolinos. Are, how yeah. much can you eat of the same? Yeah. Cuisine. You'll yeah. just go for the basic KFC or the, yeah. you know, the pasta. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, house or whatever. Yeah. I think they've got to come up with something more unique. You know, like broccoli in Dubai. You go in. And you say, I want that pasta with that, and I'll have that sauce. They put it all in together, and you go and sit down and eat it, and then you enjoy yeah. it. And yeah. it becomes your taste. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, your stomach wants nice, hot, fresh food. Yeah. And I think um, it's just a fashion. Yeah. More than, so how much can you, with the rents going up, with the rates going so high, how on earth can you keep it going? It's becoming £100 a head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially people that drink alcohol. Yeah. It's 85, 90 pounds a head. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't dream of giving that, you know, yeah. Yeah. at all. You know, you look at Alberts, they are heaving. Yeah. Because their price range is exactly where it should be. Yeah. Uh, you get the white tablecloth, you get all that respect and all yeah. that stuff that you have. <laughs> and you actually have quite, you know, they, they change the menu every three months. Yeah. So you get sort of, and you've always got the, so there are people around there. Yeah. But it's got to be the price is right. Yeah. The yeah. price the is pr- right. Um, it's got to be the price is right. I yeah. think the price has gone out of the window. You see, in our day, we had the discotheques, the nightclubs, sidings, millionaire club, this, that and the other. So you went for dinner and then you went to, you know, a club. Yeah. In our day. I mean, yeah. we've, we've had a nightclub, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, Jimmy's. And, um, but now it's more the evening dining's become the club yeah. It moves on into a bar area, where is the yeah. club? Then you've got to bear in mind there's no drink and driving anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, because of drink and yeah. driving rules, you don't go out. So you've, before you go out, you've got to have a taxi organised or a person that's not drinking. 
it's more restricted now than it was um, and no smoking which is the best thing ever yeah. um, I think it's more restricted now than it was even 15 20 years ago yeah so I think that's yeah. what you know you've got to work around your pop- population yeah you know I think planning and then you all these um, the ones that work are in the small villages but then you get hail here and there are so many alike yes that you get bored of thinking I don't want the same thing yeah yeah. you know you want something really yeah. and you don't want to go and be authentic and ridiculously expensive yeah. you want to be authentic yeah. and in and out and be busy you yeah. need more Alberts in different cuisines yeah. to be yeah, honest I with you that. I understand that so, so as a business perspective yeah so, so, what, so what's the future what's the future of the, the future is they'll all find their own way eventually the living ventures they'll have to come down to the, what they really were at the beginning they'll have to go down peg or two yeah. everybody will have to eventually come down a peg or two to get because you need to turn to turn over you can't just keep spending that much money on restaurants yeah. and you know there's no pubs anymore there's no pub sculpture anymore you used to go to the pub whatever you did you go to the pub and have a nice hot meal so you'd go for dinner once a week but you'd probably go to the pub three times a week yeah and have a quick supper after after work you know yeah. so the whole culture has changed but everything's because the pubs are closing the restaurants will replace them but it's not like that yeah pubs is just somewhere for somebody to meet the community so you, a, yeah, yeah it's a community it's like a community centre yeah. yeah it was really good times I yeah. think pubs were really amazing mm. I would love to. I'd love to find a pub that's got a good fire. I'm not bothered. I don't even drink. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's just the culture. Yeah. You know, so the future for restaurants, I think, I think saying it's bleak is wrong. But what's happened is they are. I think France have still got it right. You can still go to French cuisine, and you know it's France, and you know they've got unique brands. Now you've got every subway going, every this going, every put one piccolinos here, put a piccolinos there, put it. It's the same food. Yeah. You get it becomes bored. Very boring. You yeah. get bored. You get bored. Yeah. You want a bit of a change. Yeah. Have you not noticed there's very few Chinese restaurants? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, Why do you think there are so many few Chinese restaurants? I, I believe there's a few different reasons, but chefs is a huge one. Yeah. Skilled chefs, dim sum chefs. So that's always difficult. Staffing, front of house, all of that. How do you think we feel? Exactly. Thank God exactly. We've, we've downsized in our restaurants yeah, because yeah. getting staff now, Brexit's causing hell for us. And, and, and what do you think the effects of Brexit are going to be on Massive. the restaurant industry? Massive. Lots there's... of restaurants are closing down because of that, because they can't get staff. They just can't get it. Because before you got a lot of European, not Eastern, even European, you talk about yeah. Spanish and everything, every, mm-hmm. that would come and work here but had the ethos of... Le- there, was, there were chefs, so they had yeah. the uh, learning ability. Yeah. You know. And now, if you go to Spain, you can find so many Indian restaurants. I can't, Pakistani yeah. Indian restaurants. I can't even tell you. Every other, I think a lots of our people have gone to Spain. Yeah. But yeah. Th- those people now are reluctant to come and work here, so they're m- moving back yeah. uh, to their homelands because they're very... It's all right, we can just sit here with our nationality and say, yeah. we're fine, it's not a problem. But what about the person that doesn't quite know what's going on, even though the 29th has come and gone? Yes, of course. Um, and now they're looking at another year extension, but they're trying to strangle our economy, yeah. because that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah by, they've got to make a decision. I, I, I had a big debate about this, and I said to uh, Keir Starman, I said, look, what you should do is have a 10-question like a, a you know um, like a questionnaire with empty boxes in it. You do a ballot for everybody, all the people. You don't call it in and out. 
you, you put you, you, you one to ten uh, NNS, what's your view? This is what it is. What, this is exactly what it is. What's your view? Uh, do you agree or not agree? Immigration, da, da, da. do you agree or not agree? Uh, tariffs on whatever, do you agree or not agree? Ten questions like that, and they should go Simple. in. We should just go in and we should say, put it in. Then they should do the matrix from it. This is my, I've told yeah. Labour this already. You should do the, and, and then don't let people or, 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 or the commons make a decision. Let the actuals make a decision. Yeah. Facts and yeah. figures make a decision. Yeah. And you have to make that decision for them then, because this is what you've, this is, this is what you've come out with. 60% say this, 40% say that, da, 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 da. You can work the matrix out from that to say, this is right for England, or this is not right for England. Yeah, yeah. You can't do yes, no. There's no such thing as yes, no. No, of course. Okay. Okay. No, that's good. Um, okay. We're coming to the end. So don't worry. We're not going to keep you too no, much longer. No, don't worry about it. Um, okay. So two final questions. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to a young nigget launching the Shere Khan in 1987? Uh, you've got to be very much on the ball. You've got to throw yourself into it. And I don't mean throw yourself in the sense you on the floor all the time. The actual behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, making sure you've got to have your social media totally up to scale. Yeah. Um, and you've got to have, you know, be in contact with people. There's got, to be, there's got to be more contact with people because you lose people very easily and it's very hard to get them back in. It's not like the good old days that you're learning about curry so they're all queuing up for curry you've got to have something a cut above the rest. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's nouveau cuisine for no. one minute. No. You know, I've sat in duppers, you know, real crappy yeah. places which are queues <laughs> right down the road and but because the food's good yeah. and the atmosphere's good, you, you're only as good as your menu. Yeah. You're only as good as your menu, I think. That would be my advice to any young person and keeping a step above yeah, a step a step ahead. Yeah. And you've got to keep an eye on what's going on in the world because a lot of people are travelling now. In my day, uh, the travellers were very few. Yeah. Now everybody goes to India or they go to Pakistan or they go Weekend to you know Uzbekistan or, or yeah. whatever. You're learning, you know, yeah. so much about new countries and new food and look for something new. Yeah. Always look for something new. Which is original. Yes. I would say stick to original food, whatever that cuisine is. Good. Okay. Okay. And finally, if you could host a dinner party in this beautiful house, who would you invite? You could have any five people, living or dead, who, who would they be? Past, present, um, anyone. I'd say my, my orphans from the shelter. Oh, okay. I'd love to have Good. them here because Good. give them that respect. I'm... I'm the type of character that doesn't. I, I don't. I'm not. Uh, you know, uh, taken by by famous famous people. I doesn't. Uh, people that have done good in this world, yes, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I haven't. If you're asking me a direct question now, this second, I'm not saying I can think of lots of people, but I'm not worried if they come to my house or not. Yeah. So I would say people that have done good in this world um, and made a difference. I'd open my doors to them. Fantastic. That's a good one. Definitely. All right. Good. Thank you. Perfect answer. Thank you. Thank you very much.